This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Some guy walks by, he's like, what is going on? But I, I want to talk today around the idea, like people are like, is that a segue? Yes, it is. <laughs> I want to talk around the idea that our God, our Jesus, can do it all. Amen. And it's not just, we don't praise him because he can do it all. It's, it's really his nature. It's, it's his character. It's the fact that he doesn't just do stuff. It's that he is what we need. He is our Savior. He is the solution. He's not trying to just have activity. No, it's that our God has identity. This is who He is. This is just our Jesus. And I love this. In the Old Testament, why we praise our God? Because in the Old Testament, there was three main roles that we see in the Old Testament before Jesus came. The Old Testament was filled with prophets, priests, and kings. Prophets were those that had a message for the people from God. A prophet would come whether the people were promised something awesome or declared devastation. The prophet would get a word from heaven, get a word from God, and the prophet would come and declare to the people, they would declare the word of God. In, in the Old Testament, the priest, the Bible says the priest once a year would take an animal sacrifice, and the priest, because he was set apart, because he was a man of holiness, the people would wait outside, but the holy man, the priest man, the priest man would go into the holy of holies, and on behalf, the priest was God's representative of the people to God. The priest would go into the holy of holies and offer up a sacrifice of blood once a year for the atonement of sins for the people. The priest would also pray on behalf of the people and go to God on behalf of them. So the prophet declared the word of God. The priest was the representative from the people to God. And I love kings. Kings in the Old Testament had all the authority over their realm. The kings, like David, David ruled a land. He ruled a territory. The king would be highly exalted. In fact, remember David, when he would come back from war, they would sing about his king and they would sing about his accolades because the kings were praised because they had dominion and they had authority. I want to tell you good news today. Our Jesus, our God, he is the fulfillment, he is the culmination of a prophet, a priest, and a king. In the Old Testament, no prophet would ever try and be a king. And no king would ever try and be a priest. But when Jesus came to this earth, he walked as a blameless son of God for 33 and a half years, and he operated not only in the roles, he was all three of these functions. He was all three of these offices. In fact, I want to just teach you a little bit about who Jesus is. Write down number one today. Jesus is my prophet. This is just who he is in my life. He is my personal prophet. In the Old Testament, maybe you'd have a prophet like Isaiah. You'd have a prophet like Jeremiah. You'd have a prophet like Ezekiel. All these minor prophets in the Bible. Jesus is your personal prophet. 
Now, remember in the Old Testament, a lot of the prophets would tell the people, you better get right. You better turn or burn. You better turn away from your sins and get to church and pay your tithes on push pay. The prophet was always trying to get people to get right. Watch here in Isaiah. Just look up on the screens and watch here what it says in, in, in Isaiah. And, and watch how he prophesies over the people. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 4. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the anger of the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away back. A prophet would usually say something like that. You guys are wrong. You guys are evil. You guys need to get right. Feels like a word for Boston. <laughs> Praise God. A word in season. Can I get a witness in the church? But the Old Testament, the word would be for the people. This is what God is saying. In the New Testament, when Jesus comes, he doesn't have a message. He is a message. He is the message from God. Watch this in John chapter 1. I love this about Jesus. Jesus came. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the message from heaven. So he doesn't prophesy something. He is something. What is the prophet saying to you today? Our Jesus, our prophet, he doesn't have bad news for you. He's got good news for you. He prophesies over you. You are chosen. You are healed. You are free. You're forgiven. Your chains are broken. I am for you. Come on, let's just thank God today. I've got a personal prophet that has a word for my life. It's not bad news. It's good news. Oh, I love what my prophet says. My prophet gives in my ear, and he does not declare, you better turn, you better get right, something's wrong. No, he says, you are free in the name of Jesus. He declares, by my stripes you have been healed. He declares that every chain is broken. I am loosed in the name of Jesus. He declares over me, I am chosen, I am called, I am forgiven, I am blessed, I am grace. Is there anybody thankful today that you've got a prophet in your ear? Come on, get the fake news out of here. Maybe you've been listening to the wrong prophet. Maybe you've been listening to that false prophet. I don't know, but I was watching online yesterday. It came out that a really, with millions of followers, a fake magazine tarnished a couple's reputation and put out a, a, like clickbait against this couple all to get people to go vote. What a fake news. We live in a culture of fake news. We live in a culture of bad news. I wonder what the prophet, if Jesus were to show up today. Some say you're a prophet. Like Jeremiah. Why are the disciples saying, some think you're like Elijah. Some say you're like Jeremiah. Why do they think he's a prophet? Because when Jesus came, he had a message. He was preaching a word. He was living a word, and he was preaching a word. I love that. Oh, my God, Jesus, he is not mute. You ever try and get somebody to talk that won't talk? This is called parenting. Son. How was your day at school? Son, I asked you a question. How was your day at school? Good. Um, thank you for the one-word answer. Glad it was good. Uh, what did you do today? 
it's not hard to get Jesus to talk. Jesus wants to speak wonderful things over you. He wants to prophesy identity and potential and promise and future and who you really are. I'm thankful today. I've got a prophet. His message is not doom and gloom. His message is not turn or burn. His message is not I'm going to hell. His message is I love you. I died for you. I'm for you. I'm with you. Come on, let's just clap and thank God, Zoe. I've got a prophet in my ear. He is the message. Jesus walked and lived on this earth 33 and a half years. He enters into his ministry the last three years of his life. And for those three years, he would declare the kingdom of God is here. In other words, the message of Jesus, the message of the Father, I am that message. I am the resurrection. I am the truth. I am the living water. I am the bread of life. This is who I am. I don't have bad news. All the prophets of old were trying to tell you about me. And now that I'm here, I'm the better and truer and greater prophet. So I'm thankful today that I've got a prophet named Jesus. In fact, put up on, on, just let me just read a line to you. Jesus is the word made flesh. As the prophet, he is a word of life for all who receive him. So if you receive Jesus, you receive a word of life. Remember, that's why when we open the word of God and we open up the Bible The Bible says these words are truth and life. So when I read about Jesus in the Word of God, it's pointing me to the truth of who He is and the life of who He is. In other words, when Jesus starts talking, He always speaks over me life and truth. So number one, Jesus is my prophet. Number two, I love this, Jesus is my priest. I love this because, remember, the priests used to have to go in annually, once a year. We have on our calendar year things that we do once a year. We celebrate the the freedom of the United States of America. Once a year we celebrate Christmas and we open up some presents and drink eggnog. Once a year we have Thanksgiving. Anybody excited for a few weeks? We're going to have some Thanksgiving. Bring on the turkey. Bring on the pumpkin pie. Bring on the bread rolls and the yams and the mashed potatoes and the green beans. Don't make me preach. (laughs) Once a year. Annually in the Old Testament, once a year, the priest had to do this. Could you imagine how much sin was accumulated in one year? I don't know about your life, but I know in my life, that's a lot of sin. So in one year, they would go for one big Time sacrifice. Watch here what the Bible says in the book of Leviticus. And look here in 1634. This shall be an everlasting statue for you to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. Once a year they would go into the Holy of Holies. No one was qualified to go into this holy place except for the priest. The high priest was the only one allowed to bring a sacrifice worthy to God. So they would kill the best of the best animals. They would get that blood. The priest himself would take it and enter into the Holy of Holies and offer to God on behalf of Zoe, on behalf of Los Angeles, on behalf of America, God, please forgive our sins. I love Jesus. Because Jesus... He didn't make a sacrifice. 
He is a sacrifice. He didn't offer up an animal. He offered up himself. He is the truer and greater sacrifice. And he is the truer and greater high priest. Watch here what it says in Romans. And I love this. I just, I love what the Bible says. Sorry, Hebrews chapter 9. It says, but now the anointed one has become the king priest of every wonderful thing that has come. For he serves in a greater, more perfect, heavenly tabernacle, not made by men. Verse 12, and he has entered once and forever into the holiest sanctuary of all, not with the blood of animal sacrifices, but the sacred blood of his own sacrifice. And he alone has made our salvation secure forever. Under the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer were sprinkled on those who were defiled and effectively cleansed them outwardly from their ceremonial impurities. Verse 14, yet how much more will the sacred blood of the Messiah thoroughly cleanse our consciences? For by the power of the eternal spirit, he has offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice that now frees us from our dead works to worship and serve the living God. Come on, let's thank God together. For once and for all. In other words, this sacrifice doesn't need to happen once a year. I can remind myself this sacrifice is alive every day. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and how long? Forever. So Jesus, the sacrifice, is alive today. His sacrifice is for me today. My conscience is clean today. My sins are forgiven today. I'm set free today. I'm living for the master today. He is the greater and truer high priest. And by the way, the priest would not only make a sacrifice, but the priest would also pray he would represent, he would go to God on behalf of the people. So the people would say to the priest, the priest would say to the people, and they would inter- interchange, and the priest would say, what y'all need? Some of the people were like, I need a house. The other people were like, I need a job. Someone else like, I need the Dodgers to win. And he's like, all right, be right back. And he would go, and he would represent the people to God. The priest is the representative of God, of the people to God. You have right now in heaven a greater and truer high priest who right now is praying. Come on, church. He is right now praying a faith-filled prayer on your behalf. Somebody thank God today that right now Jesus himself is interceding and praying on behalf of your family, on behalf of your business, on behalf of your children, on behalf of your finances. Is there anybody grateful? I've got somebody in heaven that's covering me in prayer. Now, I, was, I was praying for a couple recently, and, and, and we, were, we were coming together, and, and they asked me to pray. You know, they, they I don't really, really like, you know, being the aggressive person. Let me pray for you. That's kind of weird. They was like, hey, can you pray for us? Absolutely. It's an honor. So we started to pray, and as I started to pray, just thoughts started to come to my mind. God thoughts. God understanding. God insight. So as I'm praying, I'm 
I just sense direction. I sense what this couple's going through. I sense what they need to hear. And when I got done praying, the wife said, oh, you know how to pray. <laughs> she said, it's crazy how you just like, you know where to go. You know what to say. And I said, you want to know who really knows how to pray? You want to know who really knows where to go? You have in heaven right now somebody that's covering you in prayer. I know we live in this culture, nobody pray for me, but I want to tell you somebody's praying for you. Somebody's covering you in prayer right now, and he is filled with faith. He is praying with expectation. He is praying with belief. He is, he is going to the Father. He's saying, God, on behalf, they need a job. They need a miracle. They need a breakthrough. They need an understanding. They need a revelation. He's not praying wimpy prayers. He's not praying maybe if you want to. He is declaring who you need God to be in your life. So I'm thankful I've got a prophet in my ear declaring you're chosen, you're, 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 you're free today, you're healed today, I'm for you today. And I've got a priest that's representing me to God. We live in L.A. that so many people have reps and representatives. Maybe you're like, man, I work a nine to five, I have zero reps. You got one rep. Somebody's like, do you have an agent? Yeah. Who you sign with? Don't worry about it. Is it like a big one? Yeah, the biggest. Come on, Zoe. I've got a representative. And he's going on my behalf. He's saying, Chad needs this. You need this. If you forget to pray, you ever get that feeling like, oh, man, I haven't prayed in a while. Oh, you're so holy. Look at you. You can't relate with that at all. Oh, my God. If you ever forget to pray, maybe you can find comfort today in the reality that Jesus is praying for you when you forget to pray. What a great high priest. What a beautiful high priest. So he's my prophet. He is my priest. And he's my king. Write that down, number three today. Jesus is my king. You know, in Revelation, it shows us two awesome verses. This is the last book of the Bible. This is the vision that John the Baptist has on an island called Patmos of the end times. And John sees things that, if you ever read the book of Revelation, you're like, dang, it's going to go down like that? But he has a revelation and a dream of, of who Jesus really is. Watch what he sees about Jesus. Revelation chapter 1. It says, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, and the ruling king who rules over the kings of the earth, now to the one who constantly loves us and has loosed us from our sins by his own blood. 
Worship team, you can come join me because I love this truth. Jesus is my king. In other words, now the dominion and the authority over my life is no longer. It used to be, but it has died now. I am loose from it. Sin used to be my master. Sin used to be whether I wanted this this way or not. Sin was my ruler. Sin was king over my life. Whether you identify this or not, before Jesus came into your life, you did whatever sin wanted you to do. You said what it wanted you to say. You went where it wanted you to go. You spent, you, you were a slave to sin. But now that you've said yes to Jesus, now that you have received our high prophet high priest and high king. You are no longer a slave to sin, but now you have a greater king and his name is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, thank God. He has all the dominion. He has all the rulership and he has all the authority. He is the king of heaven, but he is the king of our lives. In fact, look here together on the screen. I love this verse here in Romans chapter 6. Keyboard player, you can start playing. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then, refuse to answer its call. To surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to Him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for His pleasure, ready to be used for His noble purpose. Remember this, sin will no longer conquer you, for God already has. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. Come on, anybody thankful today? I've got a king in heaven. He's not just king over Los Angeles. He's not just king over every continent. He's king in Jakarta. He's king in Boston. He's king in Los Angeles. But I'm excited because he's my king. He's king over me. So his lordship, his rulership reigns in my life. So I can just see my prophet declaring good things over my life. I can see my priest going to heaven on behalf of what I need. And I can see my king luring me and leading me into the thing that he wants for my life. In other words, I yield. I had no ability to resist his grace. He captured me. He ransomed me. He rescued me. He pursued me. And I yielded to the cross. And now I gladly say, you're king. I surrender as the Lord and the ruler of my life. And I yield and say, you're the Lord and you're the ruler of my life. In fact, let me just show you on the screen that Jesus is the king. Stand to your feet and let's read this together. Jesus is the king above all kings. He is the authority to give you your inheritance. Love this. On, you see it, on his thigh, 
has a tattoo. King of kings. But I wonder today that if we could peel back and get a glimpse of your heart, maybe that's not just tattooed on his thigh. Maybe today on your heart, you're saying, you're my king. You are my Lord. And I want to just, I want to tell you, Jesus, where you occupy and where you rule best is not only over nations, but I say today, you rule over me. Because you're not just going to be my prophet and my priest. You're going to be my king. You're going to be the ruler and the Lord of my life. That's your prayer today. Come on, let's clap and thank God for being so awesome, so amazing. So I want to charge you with something today. These truths are real. If he's the embodiment, if he is our prophet, priest, king, functioning in all offices right now, I just charge you, Zoe, put this up. I love this thought. To think like a prophet, serve like a priest, plan like a king. I want you to think like a prophet. I want you to serve like a priest. I want you to plan like you're a king. I want you to think like you're a prophet. How does a prophet think? A prophet thinks I'm free, I'm chosen, I'm called, I'm anointed, I'm good, I'm graced, I'm favored. Anybody down to think like a prophet as you go into this next week? I want you to serve like you're a priest. Serve your world like you're a representative of God to other people. Like you're a representative of people to God. Serve like a priest in your home. Serve like a priest in your business. Serve like a priest in your friendships. Think like a prophet. Serve like a priest and plan like a king. You know, a king makes plans out of prosperity. A king makes plans out of dominion. A king makes plans out of resource. You ought to start planning your future like you are a king. You ought to start planning your future like God is for you. You ought to start planning your future like the dominion has already been given, the rulership and the reign. Come on, we are sons and we are daughters of the Most High. Somebody clap and thank God together today.